We're going to welcome up Brother Yun here now, and, uh, and I just want us to really honor and appreciate him. Uh, it is so good for us as a church uh, to hear from people who love Jesus from other cultures and other places. You know, any culture has its blind spots, right? And uh, we have our blind spots and we have our things. It's so good for us to hear from brother, brothers in the Lord uh, from other places. But even more than that, it is really good for us to hear from people who have suffered for the name of Jesus. Amen. And so I am just so thankful that in this whole tour, they would want to stop here in Steinbach, and they'd want to bless us here. At the end of it, he's going to lead us in some prayer. We're going to pray for him. But I want us just to really honor and thank him now as he comes up here. Brother Yun, would you come up here? And uh, let's just give him a warm welcome and applause. And I want us really to honor him here tonight. Amen. Hallelujah. 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 Jesus loves you. Amen. Let us start tonight to learn some Chinese. Jesu Aini. Jesus loves you. Jesu Aini. Jesu Aini. Jesu is Jesus. I, I, Ni. That is how simple Chinese is. One, two, three. Jesu Aini. Wonderful. Now you have to practice this Chinese with at least three people around you, aloud. So just repeat, Jesu Aini. Jesu Aini. Jesu Aini. Amen. Amen. And of course you can play with Chinese, you can say Jesu Aini, or you can just say Wa Aini. I love you, Jesus loves you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Uh, how many of you believe that uh, the Word of God is unchangeable and it's powerful? Amen. Hallelujah. Now, uh, I'm still curious how many of this audience, how many of you have read my life story, The Heavenly Man? Now, uh, I'm going to share a little bit about my story. And of course, you wonder where did I get the nickname Heavenly Man? I it wasn't given to me by my mother and father. Now, when I was 16 years old, Jesus spoke to me and he called me, uh, he said, Brother Yun. Now, uh, it was very wonderful to hear Jesus calling you and giving you a mission, but it was also beginning of great difficulties in my life. Now, when the Lord called me to ministry, it was during the years of cultural revolution. So before I was 19 years old, I was already the number one wanted criminal in the whole China. I didn't have a clue what they mean. I saw my picture and uh, uh, there was a reward saying, I'm a contra-revolutionary. I didn't even know the meaning of the word uh, that they were telling I was. And that was the beginning of almost seven years of my life. Uh, I w uh, it doesn't mean that I didn't have a home to go back to, but I dare not to go because I knew the authorities were waiting for me and they would capture and throw me to prison. So I was running away from the authorities. 
我上一堂结束的时候，我唱一首诗歌，我知道是西国人都会唱的。Uh, when I finished my previous uh, uh, preaching in last meeting, I finished it with singing a song, and actually the Western missionaries taught us in China that song. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided. To follow Jesus, I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back, no turning back. If you want to follow Jesus, you have to make up your mind. It has to be a firm decision of your heart. When I meet Jesus, 这个同机令一下来的时候，有很多人不再跟随耶稣了。I remember the years when I became the number one wanted criminal, and and the persecution started. Many of the young believers around me, they dare not to follow Jesus anymore. They return back to their homes. 那个时候，我就把这首诗歌成为我自己的诗歌，可以用西国人这个调，但是里面的歌词我必须要调整。I changed the words of this song to become my own words. I was using the same melody as you've been just singing with me, but with other words. 我已经决定要跟随耶稣，一切的思想要跟随耶稣。I have decided to follow Jesus,、uh, and in my mind and all my thoughts,、uh, I will follow Jesus. 愿放下所有来跟随耶稣。I going to put aside everything else in my life and just follow Jesus. 跟随耶稣，永不回头。这是我的决定。Following Jesus, and I'm never、uh, turn back. 那然后第二段我都开始把那歌词来改一下，说，众无人同往，我仍要跟随。And the second verse I was singing, when nobody else want to follow Jesus, I will follow faithfully Jesus. 遭逼迫患难，我还要跟随。Despite persecution and suffering, I will still. Follow Jesus. If I'm going to die or be alive, I will still faithfully follow Jesus. I will never turn back. And as I was singing this, this became the theme song of my life. I decided nothing is going to stop me to follow Jesus. Now uh, I I knew very little in the beginning about the, what it means to、uh, follow Jesus. I had just seen how Jesus had healed my father from terminal cancer, and so I knew Jesus is the healer above all the healers. When that pressure came, suddenly I felt my heart start to beat. 主的灵开了，跟随耶稣的人必须要背起自己的十字架。It was only when the persecution came upon my life and all the difficulties, uh, uh, I started to understand. I have to every morning make the decision. I still want to follow Jesus and carry my cross. 弟兄姊妹，我那一年只有十七岁，拿到通缉令的时候只有十七岁，面临着一个共产党这个这个。It was quite a challenge for me. I was only seventeen years old, and the entire government, the atheist communist regime, they were hunting and looking for me. They wanted to stop me to follow Jesus. 我不是没有软弱，我有灰心，有沮丧，可是。And many times I lost my heart, and I. I, I did not know what to do because of the heaviness of the persecution. After I've been following Jesus and been in the ministry for seven years, I was exhausted and burned out. And I was in the desert in the, in the interior of China, and I was praying, and the Lord. 
came to me and he said, my son, I see that you are exhausted. You have to take a break. And I was so excited when the Lord spoke to me and I said to my co-workers, I hear the Lord saying to me, he's going to send me on vacation. I've never been on a vacation. So I was so excited for that. 那然后我们大家聚到一起的时候，原来这个叫训练门徒。我说主啊，我真的不知道什么叫训练门徒。The Lord said, said to me, before you, you go to the break, to the vacation, I want you to call all your closest people together and teach them how to become my disciples. And I did not have a clue what it means.当时的中国圣经是非常非常的少，人都是用的手抄本圣经。This happened during the years in China when all the Bibles been burned up. There were very little Bibles anywhere. So in our meetings, uh, there may be one Bible only present, and all the others were writing down every word of the Bible they heard in that meeting. And the only thing I was think of would be very important for them to do is to memorize the Bible. So I commanded one after other, I give them one book from the Bible to memorize. And that became our first discipleship training. And I didn't know what to do, so from my own memory, I repeated the whole book of Matthew, and then I commanded some of them are going to memorize Matthew and then Mark and all the Bibles of the New Testament. They one by one they memorize the books of the Bible. And as the people were excited about memorizing the Bible, suddenly I got a message to deliver, and I wanted to share with them how did I receive my first Bible. Now that happened during the years, besides that we didn't have Bibles, we didn't have any hymn books, we didn't have any uh, Christian music uh, uh, left in China. Suddenly the Spirit of God came upon me and I started to sing a song nobody ever been singing before. I just received that song through the Holy Spirit and I started to sing it to the people. I have made preparations. I'm ready to die for the name of Jesus. And I felt that God is not only calling me to be faithful to uh, preach the gospel, He's also calling for me to be available to die for salvation for my nation of China. And I was asking about the, the audience, about 150 young people, how many of you are committing your life to be messengers of the gospel? And they raised up their hands. How many of you are available if God needs your life to surrender your whole life and die for salvation of our nation? And one by one, they raised up their hands. Now, 
Now, my audience was very simple background from farmers. They've never been going to public school. They have no education. They have just simply received the gospel and they believed in the name 我说, of the Lord. And suddenly I get a revelation. In this world, we were insignificant, but through Jesus Christ, we are the holy nation, and we are the priesthood of God. And I reminded to my audience that we have been called to bring the light of God into the darkness of China. And one after other, they were memorizing the Bible. Fields, uh, we wash one another's feet, uh, and then as we were sending off the people to go different parts of China. And this happened during the uh, winter time in China. It's, it's as cold as it is here during the winter. So the authorities surrounded the farmhouse. Uh, and they, they, they capture uh, us leaders and they rip off our clothes outside and then they ask, who are you? Now I tell you something. It was one thing to sing together, Lord, I'm willing to die for you. But when it started to happen, it was a different melody. I shouted aloud, Jesus, where in the world are you? Don't you see that they capture us? And as I was shouting this, they, they started to beat me up. Then I heard the very low voice of Jesus saying, My child, don't be afraid. I know exactly what is happening in your life. My child, don't be afraid. I know. I do understand that when I say don't be afraid, it doesn't maybe mean so much to you, but that means everything to me in that situation. Jesus knew what was going on in my life. When the Lord called me, he had called me Brother Un. I knew he see me as his brother. And now he said he knows everything. Now he called me, my child, don't be afraid, I know. And the Lord taught me a very important lesson. I, wasn't, I was not only a brother in, but I am his child, and he looks after his own children. When I heard Jesus saying to me, my child, a sudden uh, power came upon me and with boldness I proclaimed to the police officer uh, who was kicking me. I said, I'm heavenly man. 
And immediately the captain said, Heavenly man, what is your business? What are you doing? Where do you live? And I said, Heavenly man lives in the village of gospel. Where is the village of gospel in China? It wasn't myself saying the word. It was a proclamation up to the uh, heavenlies that I believe one day China is going to call, be called a village of gospel. The gospel of Jesus is everywhere in China. It was a prophetic word coming uh, from the Lord to that situation. And I, uh, I interpreted that to the police captain. I said, China is one big village of gospel. He what's your name of your father? What's the name of your mother? I said, my, mother's, my father's name is filled of grace. And my mother's name is uh, uh, hope and love and faith. And he said, this guy has problems in his head. There's nobody with names like that. Do you have any other family members? Do you have brothers and sisters? I have an older brother. His name is, he's coming back. And I have a younger brother. His name is, he has a desire. He's expecting the return of the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. How many of you are expecting Jesus to return to this earth? It looks like you are my brothers and sisters, same family. Uh, of course, they caught me and they throw me to uh, prison. I could share many uh, difficulties that I have to go through in the prison, but there is one experience that is like a treasure, a diamond I'm carrying in my soul from those years in prison. Uh, and it was the name that I proclaimed myself to be called Heavenly Man. It took over three weeks. They were calling me every day, heavenly man. And I was just so happy. The police were calling me heavenly man. It, only three weeks later, they connected my face to the picture of that wanted, number one wanted criminal on the wall and they said you are not heavenly man you are that preacher we've been looking for almost seven years and uh, that name uh, followed me when they transferred me from that location to my home county. I was like the president coming there because I was the most wanted criminal. Everybody wanted to see how does the heavenly man look like. And they were all disappointed because it was just me coming. <laughs> Now, they were thinking that if the number one contra-revolutionary, that he would be something looking more powerful and, and, and different. And they couldn't understand how is he looking so normal. And then, uh, because, because of that crime, 
I should have been executed immediately or at least thrown to lifetime imprisonment. And they felt I'm so dangerous that when they put me into the prison, they put me to the uh, department where they had all the people on that row uh, waiting to be executed or lifetime imprisoners, they put me in the middle of these heaviest criminals in China. And I have to make a decision. No matter what's going to happen to me, as I am living among these heaviest criminals, murderers, and, and uh, uh, so I... I'm going to continue to follow Jesus to the very end. What, who are the people I have led into salvation and where is the church coming together all over China? And I knew if I speak out one word or one name, that person is immediately going to be arrested and thrown to prison. So I literally decided I'm not going to answer any of the questions. I'd rather die than to speak out anything to the authorities. And I said to the Lord, you said that don't be afraid. So Lord, I'm not afraid about anything. So I'm not going to answer. And if they kill me, they may kill me. But I am going to be faithful to you. And I was just answering to any question they asked me. I don't know. I know that my Lord knows, but I don't know. And day after day, they were torturing me 24-7. They were injecting acid under my nails, and they just wanted me to speak out. I did not say one word. And they said, you are, uh, you, are, you are not speaking to us. We make you speak to us. As they, were, as they were squeezing with needles, thick needles, the acid under my nails, and uh, uh, I think I, I was doing in my third finger, I fainted and my spirit left my body. Only thing that comforted me was when I was thinking this is exactly what Jesus was going through when he was crucified for my sins on the, on the cross. So I thought that when my spirit left my body and I saw my body on the, on the floor as they were torturing me, I thought I'm going to go to heaven. But then the Lord said me to, I have to go back to my body. And they used all the modern torture technology. They tried to get me to speak and answer their questions. And I was just repeating that my Lord knows everything. I know nothing. And I saw a vision. In that vision, I saw how uh, prison doors were open for me one after other. And I came uh, 
uh, to a meeting, and there were people from all over the world, and I was holding my Bible in my hand, and I was proclaiming the authority and the power of name of Jesus. I did not want to return back to my uh, my pain and my body. I just wanted to walk into the glorious presence of God. And I heard the Lord saying to me, my son, I'm going to open a door for you. No man is able to shut. I didn't know what it meant, but I heard him saying these words. I that he's going to open the door for me for the gospel uh, among the heaviest uh, criminals and gangsters in China. And I was able to see them coming into kingdom of God. Now I had a respected uh, person in the person because every criminal knew that I'm, I'm treated like this because of my faith and trust upon the name of Jesus. I had decided to fast, so I, wasn't, I had not been eating and drinking for uh, more than two months. And I decided I'm going to die, rather die for Jesus than betray Jesus. So they, one day they thought that I'm going to die. So they invited my family, my wife, my mother, and some of my closest friends to come and, and, uh, and see me last time. So after these four months in the prison, when they were dragging me, my unconscious body, to the visit room of the uh, visitation room of the uh, prison, my wife, my mother, none of my closest friends, they recognized my body. They did not know that it was me on the floor. My body weight was about 30 kilo, it's a, uh, a kilogram. Uh, she said, this is not my brother. Uh, he, he said it, that to my wife, and my wife said, this is not my husband. And my wife was so, uh, so uh, in tears, and she went to the policeman at the prison and said, this is not my husband. I, we want to see my husband. Where is my husband? the policeman said, to, it is your husband, your brother. But he has not been eating and drinking. We wanted to give him food. We wanted to give him water. But he has decided not to eat, not to drink. And that is why he is in this condition. And when I came back to my mother, and my mother started to look on my back, and I have these birth marks on my back, and she suddenly shouted out, this is my son. I know this is my son. She recognized me. I came back to my conscience, and the first things I was saying, I said, Abba, Father, I want to come home. I want to come to heaven today and leave all this misery behind me. 
When I saw, 我的妈妈, opened 我, my eyes, and 我要, I looked into the face of my mother. And I said to my mother, I'm going to die for Jesus today. I'm not going to betray Jesus. I'm not going to betray Jesus. I'm going to die for Jesus. My wife was standing next to my mother and she was crying. And I said to my wife, I said, Dear wife, we are going to meet one day in heaven. This is my decision. Allow me to die for Jesus today. He hit me on my ear and said, you are stupid, you are crazy. You don't want to have your mother. You don't want to have your wife who is pregnant. You're just going to escape from uh, and go to heaven. And it looks like you don't care that your wife is pregnant and now you, you are just going to die for Jesus. The policemen were very happy when my older sister was so upset on me. But then my mother said something very important. My mother said, son, this is what Jesus wants to say. He doesn't want you to die for him. He wants you to live your life for his glory. So when the policeman who was watching this whole situation heard what my mother said, that Jesus is telling me to live for his glory, he became very upset. I said to my mother, I'm willing to live for Jesus, but do you have the elements for the communion? I want to take communion together with you before they throw me back to the prison. And this policeman, he thought that I suddenly wanted to eat something. So he didn't stop us, me to receive the bread and the wine. He thought that I just wanted to start to uh, eat again. And they have never seen anyone to take a communion, so they didn't understand what I mean. I'm remembering the Jesus, how he died for me and, and for his blood and salvation. So he, they were just looking, it's a very strange way to eat something. But then they heard my mother saying, son, from now on, live your life for Jesus' glory. They became very upset. And they separated me from my mother and my wife and friends. And they throw me back to my cell. The words from Jesus follow with me in back to myself. Live your life for his glory. It's very easy to die for Jesus. It's much harder to live for Jesus. Brothers and sisters, I still want to ask you the same question. How many of you would consider I want to live my life for his glory? Hallelujah. If you are serious that you want to live your life for his glory, are you serious? Hallelujah. You know, 
I had decided to die for Jesus. But if you have God's calling upon your life, it's very difficult to die away from that calling. I guarantee you, I have tried and I failed. I wanted to die away from my calling and I failed. But then I learned that if you decide to live for Jesus, it's even harder than to die for Jesus. My mother, she explained to me, if you want to live for Jesus, you have to eat. So from today, you have to eat. Now, I was in a prison in mainland China, and every prisoner in China is constantly in hunger and thirst. That's the number one punishment as you are in the prison. And I just give you an example, not that every day they had a toast and they have a sandwich to eat. Only once a week we receive one little steamed bread. That was the most precious piece of food we received in seven days. And this was Sunday when this had happened. So Sunday at dinner time, once a week, that precious steamed bread was delivered from the kitchen of the person, and I was supposed to eat my first bread in 74 days. When I received that bread into my hand, I was so filled with thanksgiving to the Lord. But then I heard the Lord saying to me, You Give them something to eat. And the Lord pointed one prisoner in my cell. He was a serial killer on death row to be executed in three days. And the Lord said to me, Give your bread to that serial killer to eat. So I understood Jesus was after my bread. And I started to negotiate with Jesus about the terms. What about if I give you this water they call for soup? And Jesus did not say to me, give him something to drink. He said, give him something to eat. And the only eatable thing was my steamed bread. Jesus was after my bread. Now, how many of you have attended the Holy Communion at the church? You have received been participating? Yeah, man. And suddenly, I understood the deeper meaning of communion. When I said to Jesus, I screamed out to Jesus, Jesus, this is my bread. And I heard Jesus saying, this is my body broken for you. This is my body broken for your sins. Suddenly I understood. I had the feeling like I'm surrounded by thousands of the members of my church and we are all remembering in communion what Jesus had done to me. It was became a holy moment in my life. And when I recklessly I started to feed this serial killer because he was in handcuffs behind his back. So I was feeding Pete by piece my steam bird. I came into his mouth. 
And I was just saying, this is my body broken for you. This Syria killer didn't have any content. He didn't understand a word what was happening. Immediately when I started to feed him, he fell on his knees and he started to praise and worship me. In three days, I'm going to become a ghost, and I will come and I serve you, and I will protect you for all this good thing. You gave me something to eat. I'm going to be your servant for rest of your life. And he was in tears. He was so moved. Oh, my little friend. And I know that that was the first time in his whole life he was in tears. He had been killed, he had been killing so many people. Nobody, everybody was scared about, afraid of him. And there was no compassion, no love in his heart. But then he said, why do you demonstrate such a love to me? Why do you care for me? And then I have to be honest, I told him, it's Jesus not that I wanted to give it. Jesus wanted to give you this bread. So he stood up and he started to look among the, among the 20 criminals, which one is Jesus who have commanded me to give the bread to him. So he could give honor to that Jesus. And because of this situation, I decided I have to tell the truth to serial killer that who Jesus is. So I gave the witness testimony about Jesus. Finally,这个江浩里面的四囚犯，我给他们是刚刚休息的时候，我说这好像那个当时神的百姓害那个瘟疫一样，都是半死不活的。可是你站在那个炮口之中的时候,突然间神的怜悯拯救了,每个人好像盼到希望,我也要吃,你也给我一点。And and you should have been there when I explained to the serial killer what it means that Jesus cares for us and he's the one loving us. Suddenly, all those 20 heavy criminals on that row, they all responded, we all need Jesus, and they kneeled down, and they wanted me to pray for them. Now, every day we had only few little water in the cell for everybody to share. So I took that little water we had in my, our cell, and with that water, I started to baptize these new believers in my cell to become disciples of Jesus. And the reason why I was baptizing them immediately, because I don't know, I didn't know how many of you are going to, going to be executed next morning, five o'clock. So I wanted to make sure they make to heaven. And I told them, Bible says, if you believe and you are baptized, then you will be saved and you will not end up in hell, you will get to heaven. And I got the same answer from, I, I'm sure they didn't ever understand what I was asking. Do you want to become a disciple of Jesus? Everybody said, yes, I want to be a disciple of Jesus. And I said to one, one after other, I made the same thing. I baptized them in the name of Jesus and God and Holy Spirit. And then I said, now you are ready for heaven or wherever God takes you. And they said, we don't want to end up in hell. We want to receive Jesus. So the first one I baptized was this serial killer. And then 
one after other, they all came forward and they were, uh, they were showing their head and say, I want to be baptized. And I experienced that suddenly that afternoon the heaven came upon the earth and the kingdom of Jesus was established in the center of that prison. I could hardly believe what happened after this uh, Syria killer was baptized. He, uh, he called for a long piece of toilet paper. He wounded his finger and with his own blood he started to write the last letter to his mother and father. And he asked me, I know that they're going to execute me in three, two days, but do you promise me that when they are releasing you from prison, that you will bring this last letter to my mother and father because I want them to come to heaven too so that they, I will meet them in heaven. I have never seen anyone praying for his family as much as I saw this uh, uh, Syria killer to pray for salvation to his Communist Party official parents, that salvation will come to them, that he will meet them in heaven. Now I remain in that prison for additional four years and then I was released. And I was like a burning desire in my heart. The first thing I did, I walked out from the prison. I made my way to the home of this uh, executed brother and I presented that blood written letter to his mother and his father. When his mother and father were high communist party when they read the letter and they heard the story, they both fell down on their knees and they received Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's why I'm sharing this for one purpose only. We as a church, we should be more compassionate and more in desire to bring our relatives, our children, our extended family into the kingdom of God. When I then many years later I came uh, out from the prison and my wife was attending meetings and as I was sharing this testimony, one day she said to me, do you truly believe that those Syria killers, that they really understood the salvation and, and they were born again? Or was it just because of the situation? So it wasn't real to them. And, and I said to my wife, I said, of course, I don't know anything, but they were serious, and I, I presented the gospel of Jesus Christ. They responded to the gospel, and I baptized them. So it's up to Lord to look after them and, and make them truly uh, his followers. Uh, and I'm so thankful two years ago. Over 25 years later, when this miracle had happened in that cell uh, in, in security prison in China, I got the phone call from Northwest China. And one brother who had just been released from prison, he called me. And this man, and this man, he came out from the prison, and some people 
came to him and they were sharing the gospel and wanted him to believe in Jesus. And he started to laugh. He said, you guys, before you were born, I already received Jesus in security prison. And he started to share the testimony. And he said that uh, I have met only one truly believer and disciple of Jesus. That was the man who came to my cell and he shared the gospel. We were lifetime prisoners and on that row and he brought salvation to us and I received Jesus. And when he called me, the first thing he said, my brother, I'm eternally thankful to you that you didn't shut your mouth, you shared about Jesus to me. That was the lowest point of my life, but the light of God came into my heart and I'm a, I'm a born-again believer of Jesus today. I was moved in my spirit when I recognized that many of you have been traveling long way to get into this meeting. So I have wanted to share the real heartbeat of my heart to you. What do I see need to happen in your country? I would like to ask you a question. How many of you have people in your extended family or in your close family who are not yet followers of Jesus? Can you raise up your hand? My prayer, my belief is firm. If you are say, if you receive Jesus, you and your family will be saved. How many of you want to receive this double? A blessing, an anointing of God that through your love and compassion, the people around you will be running into salvation and to Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I have this burning prayer in my heart. When February 21st, somebody called me and delivered the message that God's servant, Billy Graham, has been gone home, go to heaven. I immediately started to pray, Lord, give me the heart of Billy Graham for love for nations, love for those who are lost, and same compassionate love that he had so that this generation may hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. I believe that it's a transition happening in the spiritual world. The previous generation of God's servants are leaving this world, but God is calling a new generation who is willing to take their place and bring the gospel in power for this generation. We really need to get hold of the mantle of Elijah uh, and become uh, God's servants for our generation. 
我渴望我们用信心来捡取，在他们站在神的仆人身上所掉下来这个救人灵魂、爱人灵魂。I believe that these ropes are available for everyone. God is just looking for your commission, looking your surrender. Are you willing to be used by God for His purposes for this time? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 我来到这个国家的时候有一个渴望。When I came to Canada this time, after 15 years, I first time came back to Canada. I don't know how your nation is treating the refugees and people in despair of this generation. But when these millions of people are and I believe that some of you are you have this prayer I want to receive a new commission I want to receive a new anointing upon my life so that I can go and set the captives free and heal the sin.我的祷告说，主，你把我存监牢里面，在没有指望、完全没有指望的时候，你把我存监牢里面救出来。我渴望能够借去祷告，神把这个爱给我，是把更多被囚的灵魂从那个监牢里面释放出来。And I'm always reminding to the Lord. You were mighty enough to set me free from security prison in China and bring me out to freedom. And Lord, give me now authority to set all the captives free of my generation. Do you want to receive this compassionate love of Jesus to be operating through your life? To surrender everything into His hands. I 仿佛听到主在对对我的心在说话。他有一个渴望，是万妻能够向他跪拜，万口能够承认他的名主。耶稣基督是主。I know that Jesus is looking forward the day when all the people of the world will kneel down before Him and proclaim Him. To become to be the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. You don't think that you don't know what is going to become of those people that you are showing compassionate love and care. They become mighty men and women of God for their own people group, for their uh, own family. We know so much about many things, but what we are missing is the compassionate love. Your family members cannot reject that presence of His love. They will run into kingdom of God. He's Lord, He's Lord, He has risen from the dead, and He is Lord, every knee 
shall bow, every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Heavenly Father, here we are, and we want to surrender. We want to surrender your spirit call. We want to surrender for your purpose in our lives. Father, we pray for every family that is represented in this temple tonight. May a revelation, a revolution of kingdom of God take place in their, at their homes. May the presence of Jesus increase in their daily lives. As these brothers and sisters go to their working place Monday morning, heaven will hit the earth. We bless you all in the name of Jesus. Amen. Can we give Brother Yun uh, just a round of applause and a thank you, Jesus. And uh, thank you, Brother Yun. Thank you. Can we pray for him and then... We're a little bit over time, but we're going to just pray for him. Brother Yun, would you just come up here? I just, we just want to pray for you. Can we just stand? And I'd like for you all just to extend your hands toward him. And, and uh, I just want to see. I was thinking of my own family members who don't know Jesus. And uh, just I want the Holy Spirit. I, I just am so thankful for his talk tonight. And, and uh, if you could just extend your hands toward him. And let's just pray for him. Uh, we don't have any musicians with us uh, here right now. Or maybe we do. I don't know what we have. But uh, we're just going to pray out loud. And let's just lift him up and ask Jesus to bear him up and provide for their ministry and the things that they're doing. Let's do that all together. Lord Jesus, we just want to lift up right now. places, Lord, where there are failing marriages and things like that, we can suffer for you. And we can lift you up and we can love our family members. Help us to do it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.